You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope you guys have been having a great week. I hope that you enjoyed my special episode yesterday. That's right, I dropped an extra episode yesterday to honor the fact that Vox and Hops has joined the Sound Talent Media family. Sound Talent Media is a podcast network consisting of 15 amazing podcasts, and I am so stoked to be a part of it. I had a great chat with Dave Shapiro, who is one of the dudes that started the network and it's a great episode and if you haven't listened to it you absolutely should so that you can get a little bit more insight as to what it means for Vox and Hops to be joining a podcast network next week on October 1st is the very first Thirsty Thursday with a live Vox and Hops interview I'm super stoked to be back with my Thirsty Thursday gang it's been a few weeks that I've been taken off we are doing this now once a month the first Thursday of each month I will be hosting a live interview at a Thirsty Thursday Thursday Hank. And next week, October 1st, is the very first, and my guest is none other than Danny Marino, the guitarist of The Agonist, who was the very first of Ox and Hop's guest ever, so it seemed fitting to make him be the first one to do a live one at a Thirsty Thursday hang. Don't miss it. If you would like to join, please send me a message via the Vox and Hop's social media accounts, and I will send you the link, because this is a private event, but if you're cool, I will grant you access. On today's episode, I am with a member of Garia. Here it is. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 185. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I am with Garia. Uh, I am super stoked to be with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. I love this new record, Limbo, that you guys just released via Season of Mist. It dropped last July on July 24th. It is a monster of an album. How are you doing? Um, Tell me a little bit about how you are coping with 2020. Well, thank you for having me first. Um, It's an honor to be speaking to you. Uh, And thank you for for, uh, enjoying the record. well, it's uh, it's surely been a weird year for everybody. Um, fortunately for us, we knew we had a new album coming. We knew we would have a lot of stuff to work on. We we still are. We just recorded a video today. Um, so we always try to keep ourselves busy. So the only thing that we really struggled is, of course, the shows that been cancelled or postponed. Uh, and of course, as rescheduling stuff for next year, because we, we all know as musicians that most festivals and uh, tours will be overly booked and all venues will be super booked because everyone is just jumping on 2021. Uh, so, but still, we can't complain because, uh, as I said, we kept ourselves really busy we had a lot of stuff to work on, videos, of course, all the promotional stuff regarding the album. So, yeah, we had a lot on our plate. And we, since we didn't have that many shows, or of course, no, no shows. I think we just played one show in February before the lockdown. Um, we had a lot of time to, to think about these videos, this album, reply all interviews. Uh, so, well... 
can't complain. It's true. It's, it's, it's very, very true what you mentioned, that this whole year's schedule is getting transposed to 2021 for all the touring acts. Everyone that released an album in late 2019 or even in 2019 had their whole promotional tour set up. So I feel bad for bands such as yourself, who has a crazy hype right now. And another band that comes to mind is Imperial Triumphant. Uh, I think I've seen that festivals have been adding days to help fit all these new cool bands that everyone's going to want to see. So I'm hoping that more festivals go that route once it's safe to start playing shows again. Well, let's hope, um, because I'm not worried about festivals like Wacken or Hellfest. Um, I think those festivals can cope. Well, fortunately for them, of course, it's not, a, it's not, uh, I'm not wishing bad to anybody, but those big festivals can cope with one or two years um, not having the festival because they might have the structures to, to hold. But I'm just concerned about all the other small-sized festivals that will probably not happen um, again, maybe, because uh, tickets and money and uh, funds from local uh, municipals. Uh, so, well, seeing the picture uh, from my country, I don't think... It's not that we have a lot of festivals we don't have like festivals for more than five or six six k people uh but all those very small festivals happening from march to end september uh will be completely lost i'm afraid that's that's horrible and i was actually going to bring it up later in the interview that uh one of the only times that Cryptopsy actually played in Portugal was at the SWR Barocelas Metal Fest, which 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 was in 2013 alongside Cattle Decapitation. I saw that one. I think Agle. Yeah. Were you there? It was it was <laughs> so cool. It was it was one of my one of my favorite festivals. They had all these hand painted signs everywhere. It was one of the most like hands-on festivals that I've ever been a part of. So it would be, it would be a shame to lose that festival. Yeah, uh, f I, I don't know about their uh, situation. I know that we are very, very good friends with Tiago and Ricardo and uh, the, well, the whole team. It's a very small team. I used to work with them um, video-wise for the festival. Um, really, really nice people, very hard-working people. And they, they are the ones making all those signs that you, that you mentioned since like well the, the festival is in april and i know that once they finish their holidays in may or something they start to gather ideas uh, and build most of things by themselves uh for the festival from the stage to the signs to well everything it's this uh very nice do-it-yourself ambience around the festival which we all really love Absolutely, it was it was like up in the, in the hills. It sort of felt like uh, in the middle of nowhere in Portugal. It was beautiful. I had a great great day that day. Yeah, it's uh quite far from the next uh, big city. Maybe uh, it's in between uh, Porto and Braga. Of course, Portugal is not is not a a big country, but uh, yeah, it's. I would say the better the, the the biggest festivals we have in Portugal are not in Porto or even Lisbon. They are afar from these cities and they still can gather a lot of people from the, from the big cities. And of, of course, Paracelos brings people from all over the world. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one thing that we, we, we have. Of course, we have one or two nice festivals in the, in the big cities, but Vagos or uh, even uh, Baracelas are 
way far from the the next big city, which is which is nice because you always feel this um, countryside vibe, and you always feel like you're having a really nice heavy metal holiday while you're there. <laughs> Absolutely, it, it was great. It was a, it would be a shame, shame, shame to lose it. I'm from Montreal, Canada, as most people know. Listening to the podcast, uh, it is a breeding ground for extreme metal. Uh, what is it like growing up and coming from Portugal and uh, wanting and inspiring and discovering metal? How did that happen for you? Well, I'm no different from any other teenage kid in their 15 or 14 year old when 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 i discovered um well this music and started to play an instrument and my first bands and well it's it's not a a big of a different from difference from anybody uh but still uh we still have just one very big artist to mention in portugal which is moonspell of course um one of those bands that uh, people love to hate, but still they have a kick-ass <laughs> big following because the same people that hate hate on them on the internet are the same ones selling out tickets for their uh, biggest shows here in Portugal. So yeah, it's this uh, love and hate uh, situation that we have for the bands that start to be some or have some international attention we've been uh well we've been experienced some of that of course in a very minor scale um but we have uh really nice names in in uh, in portugal we have of course analepsy maybe you know them um of course they are very good friends of us it's a very small um underground scene where everybody knows each other uh if you go to to one of these festivals we were talking about you will see everybody from the metal community that leaves their keyboards at home and <laughs> and gathers at an event <laughs> so it's those it's those moments where you see everybody from the country in these one two three or four festivals so it's not a a big scene um still there's a lot of respect a, lo- a lot of a lot of um support uh, at some extent not a not many club or v- venues to to play uh, it's not a touring country um you cannot program uh, like a, a whole week touring portugal because we have like 700 kilometers from from north to south so it's ridiculous to think something something like that um but yeah it's um from our perspective it's 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 not been a, a, an easy ride with with our Portuguese fans because in the beginning everybody's very skeptical um, because we have a lot of bands. Everybody from from uh, you will meet at these festivals have like one or two bands, uh, so it's very hard to impress the Portuguese audience. But once you do it, it's one of the nicest uh, experiences we have. We have. Uh, most most of our uh, biggest fans are are uh, people from our city, uh, from Lisbon, uh, that will come to see our shows uh, if they happen in, in in October. So, yeah, once you start to impress them, they are the the best fans ever. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends and talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. As you take a sip, what 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 are you sipping? Ah, uh, coffee. There? My my pleasure. Co- <laughs> <laughs> coffee is your dirty vice yes yes i would say so uh 
a bad habit of mine because I drink too much of it. <laughs> it has a lot of effects. It, it uh, you know, as does my vice of pleasure, which today will be this <laughs> brand new pilsner <laughs> that just 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 uh, came out here in Montreal from uh, Brassard de Montréal. Uh, this is their Long Point. Uh, it's a New World pilsner that has been hopped with cashmere hops and sabro, which is very very strange to have in a pilsner. I saw that on the can today and I was very confused. It should normally go into a juicy IPA. So uh, I'm going to crack this open. I'm going to ask you the question, though, while I pour this out. And that is uh, how drinking so much coffee, how do you sleep? I do sleep. I, I never experienced any uh, disorder by drinking coffee at night or something. So probably that's why I drink so much of this. Um, because I have so many hours uh, looking at screens because I work with videos and I, well, of course, all do all the band scenes and all emails. So I, I get tired uh, at the right time having coffee or not. So I, I will sleep uh, my hours. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're 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 immune to it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the black metal. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> the black metal exhausts you. <laughs> uh, this is really good. It has a crispy bite. Um, I don't feel that that normal sabro. Sabro normally has a a very coconutty vibe. I I don't feel it in this. Uh, it's cool. I like it. Uh, I suggest anyone that can grab one, uh, get one if you're here in Montreal or in Quebec. Uh, it's it's very good from Brassard de Montréal. Uh, let's let's uh, dance. I, I, as you were mentioning that every one of these festivals have two or three bands. It, it brought up the question of me being from Montreal. It was super, super easy to uh, start making projects, to start jamming with people, to find people that uh, fit the need of a creative vision that I had. What, how easy was it for you in Portugal to, to find members that were like-minded to, to create Garia? I got tired because... Um I stepped away a bit from from making music when I started when I finished my uh, cinema degree and started to to work in my daily job, um, and after a while, uh, well, of course, as a as a musician in my bedroom, uh, of course, I wanted a bit more. So, yeah, I got tired of of uh, first getting the the um, the band members and, and then creating the music so I, I did the opposite i created the ep um one of the members joined in and recorded uh some of the parts of the ep with me and then after having the ep ready we started to gather some people and trying to build a lineup for uh shows at first of course it Very was cool. just in a well, some experiments, uh, as as all projects, uh, we didn't know if we were actually playing live or something. But um, yeah, w we did it this way: first creating the music, putting the music out, and then uh, with that small hype around it, uh, it will be easier to to get people involved. That and did it come from the fact that when you did it the previous way, you would get into a jam room, start writing some music with them, with some other p musicians, and then everybody's creative input wasn't going towards the direction that you were satisfied with? Oh, uh, it's very hard for us to, to write music uh, while rehearsing, man. It's, it's all over the place. It's, it's, it's all messy because everybody's super creative, uh, but we, we just prefer to keep it to ourselves and then recording it on, on our own. And then we share ideas when we have proper hmm. songs on our own. 
otherwise it's just too messy and and these days we're just recording to prepare for shows uh to rehearse the li the live experience experimenting with the set we don't have that much time uh, in our rehearsals to just drop everything and write music we we prefer to do it on our vacations on our own on our home studios and then we share some ideas it's easier that way it's less chaotic that way and it's it's what's been working for us if it ain't broke <laughs> don't <laughs> fix it right <laughs> you, you mentioned that you studied in a cinema and you do a bunch of video is that where the whole garia um visual aspects of the band you guys really portray a certain image uh, tell me about that how did that all come together is it something that you discovered working in cinema well i work with bands on uh, on my daily basis um and uh i've been doing music videos for my daily work for a, a good while like five or six years um and that's what maybe brought me back to making music because well uh, you see all all these nice people doing nice stuff and you, all, you also want to do it at some extent and try new things with things that you learn from these awesome people. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a normal thing, I guess. Um, but, uh, all the visual aspect, it, it's something that it's been growing, uh, in the band. We, we started with the masks. We didn't want, um, at first we just didn't want to be known uh as me the the music video guy or the other guys for their stuff at first it's just the music and we wanted people to focus on the music because in the beginning when we were taking the first photos and the first videos we didn't have the live situation uh well thought and we didn't want to play the live that much um so it, everything in this band has been evolving and our need to become a touring band. And of course, all the visual aspect, it's been a fight between our concept that's been also developing since mostly the first album, the Unsettling Whispers album, and uh, Comfort playing live. So we've been developing, developing the mask way better because we, set, we move a lot on, on stage <laughs> and we sweat a lot and we exchanged some small things some things for the concept, some things for merely visual stuff, because I do believe visual stuff not always have to be all the related to the most conceptual thing ever. Sometimes it's just something that works live, live and looks good, and um, it's uh, comfortable for uh, for what we need to do. Uh, so we exchange, for example, the the shirts shirts for. Uh, other type of, of um, stage clothes. So yeah, it's been something that we've been thinking since mostly the Unsettling Whispers album. So we have the EP way, way back in 2016, where we started to experiment a lot of things and some riffs, ideas. Um, but I would say the very beginning of this Vortex Society concept starts in uh, 2018 with a more well matured look of what we could do um and it's been something that has lived inside this band since until limbo and limbo is a different perspective of what we saw 
Indian Settling with Pres albums concept. Very cool, and it's true that you had to you had to tour to to really know what these stage getups and props are going to take. Sometimes, like you can have like the best stage setup, but if you're an opening act, you you might not actually have the time during a changeover to get all that stuff up there. Yeah, we and we do hate to be the the unprofessional band on the bill. Uh, we do hate to be late. We do hate to. Well, to be the, the 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 complicated band in the in the bill in the bus or whatever, we want to be the most professional and practical guys that stay in the corner. And when we're called, we will be there, do our things, sell our merchandise, get back to the van on time, and then go. We we don't want to be the messy guys that take a lot of time on stage and do horrible uh, long time sound checks. We. We prefer to not sound check and have those nice thing, those nice things. If we know that we will be the the guys that arrive on time, play our forty minutes or forty five or whatever time show, and leave on proper time. Absolutely, and, and bands talk to each other, and those stories of bands that take too long to change over. It's horrible that that uh, are unprofessional because you know it is a job at the end of the day being a touring musician and uh we all talk to each other <laughs> yeah it's fuck it's fucking horrible of course it's just uh details and uh it's it's those behind the scenes uh stuff that people don't see because people enter they see the shows they buy some merch they go away and speak good of the show or bad uh they don't see all the relationships uh, inside the bands and uh, between tour managers and backline rental services. So we, from our small experience touring, we always decided to be the most practical guys on tour and not ask too many stupid or ridiculous questions, know our shit and uh, do the best we can to not bother anyone because we know uh, it's fucking horrible to be on the road uh, for a lot of days straight less low time sleeping and yeah we we understand all of that because we're also part of we're also part of that so we try not to be the uh annoying guys uh on tour <laughs> any young bands that are listening that is absolute great advice and uh, if i could add something it would be just be helpful yeah be there be present and if you see anybody needs help you offer that help and you will be remembered yeah if you use uh face paint and if you use props uh try to have them ready before uh the show so we just take them leave it there and start the show don't go don't go on stage and start start to rap all the things and all the symbols and <laughs> it's fucking horrible it's one of those things that you learn on your first tour and it's one of those things that you keep for life because nobody wants to delay a show 10 or 20 minutes because the drummer is still setting up their symbols so mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 one of those things that you you can be prepared off stage so <laughs> That's correct. And the tour manager, if he is a good tour manager, will cut your set so that the headliner goes on at the time that he's supposed yeah. to go on or they're supposed yeah. to go on. We're still doing, um, we're still the opening acts on most things. Uh, that works out well. So you have time to set up. So, least. yeah, but uh, we try to to be the most helpful uh, to, to the other bands, of course, if they are uh, polite enough and respect us. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to, to work with very, very nice people and we are friends for life with these bands. Um, so yeah, we, 
we got lucky uh, until now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's true. It's true. Uh, but uh, honestly, out of all the years that I've been doing touring since since 2008, I think was my first big real tour. Everybody that I've toured with has been cool. There's there's this, you know, maybe a few instances, but even then it might have just been a bad day. Uh, so speaking about touring, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, to the man who introduced me to you guys and that is uh, Jerry Monk who is uh, my music uh, professor every week he sends me new releases which have come out and he is a part of the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday gang which uh, ev- we hang out on Thursdays and we drink some craft beer and we talk about life and metal and Jerry Monk is the music professor he sends me amazing stuff every single week so shout out to Jerry and uh, he was absolutely right about limbo let's talk about releasing a record during a pandemic and not being able to tour it uh, how do you feel about that what what is your mindset with that well i'm very optimistic because uh, i i know no other way with this with this thing and uh i learned that if we were if we were not going to delay this album because i i really didn't want to do that because we, it's not that it took us a longer time but uh i guess uh, we re- we released this album uh, late July, and in July 2014 or 19, we were recording it. So it was this one-year preparation to have a record deal and recording it and, well, all those things that people already know. Um, but still, I didn't want to, re- to, to postpone this to 2021 because we had this uh, European tour coming in January, and... Uh, we were starting to to feel that the unsettling whispers album uh was getting a bit stuck on the road uh we felt like we needed to with this uh fresh hype around the season of missed announcement and the tour the last tour we did with doomstar bookings uh in europe we felt like this was the, the exact time pandemic or not to release this album and we were going to adapt and that's what we did, and um, it's been reflecting on streams and uh, merch, merch sales, the album sales. We're we're being fortunately selling out everything that we 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 put out. Um, so yeah, because uh, I I don't know if it's been like this for all other bands. Of course, people stayed at home. People got some time to listen to new music, um, and of course. In the beginning, people spent a lot of time on merchandise. We we saw that happening, uh, not like right now, but uh, in the beginning, people just went nuts with uh, supporting bands, which was super super incredible to see and uh, to into and to experience. But um, yeah, we 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 had to adapt, and I think the the worst time right now, the the worst moments right now will be. Uh, from july 24th 4th because we have the album out and now we can't tour so we are planning new visuals like i just said um we have the two uh limbo release shows coming up coming up in portugal next month and i'm working 24 7 to try to make it happen because it's fucking fucking awful to work with these rest- restrictions i don't i don't know what's what's uh, what's what's happening in canada it's we are allowed to do shows but well so many restrictions so many stupid fucking shit happening uh but still 
we have one of the shows it's sold out the other one is not sold out because we can't promote it that much because we don't know if it's going to happen we're still waiting for confirmations from venues otherwise i know that people would already uh, sell out the show because it's for 100 or something people so it's not it's not mm-hmm. it's not hard to sell it out um but yeah it's it's our struggle right now to keep above the line and because we don't want to become an online band we will not do live streams uh having these uh, new facebook restrictions or not uh, i still have to study them because it all it, everything feels very weird right now uh, and everybody's super um nervous and stressful on the internet when, and i'm trying to keep away from that um so yeah we don't want to be an online band we want to tour so let's try to get this fucking virus away from from society as soon as we can so absolutely i, I don't know what i don't know what the future holds for us in the next six months i don't know if that tour in january is actually going to happen i'm afraid not but I'm trying to keep optimistic and we will, of course, find ways within our fan base, our headquarters, small headquarters to release new content. And um, But still, as I said, I don't think this band works as an online streaming band because of our concept, because of our, well, explosive live experiences. I, I don't know if it would work. Um, we will, I don't think we will do that, so... I, I completely agree and think the same thing for Cryptopsy. I, I can't imagine conveying the same energy looking into yeah. a camera lens for a live show. I can understand doing it for a video clip because you do the same song, the same part over and over again, and the guy just edits it and takes the best yeah. takes. But to do a whole show and to try to connect with a... It's a huge audience, live streams, but to actually connect connect with them, very difficult. The, these shows that you are organizing, I, I imagine that the capacity has been cut down drastically because yeah. that's what's happening here in Canada. Yeah, we got moved. Fortunately, we are uh, talking about two really really nice venues in porto and lisbon probably the best ones around for uh where where underground music can play um one of them we were we we were booked to to uh we are organizing it ourselves so we got the small room in the beginning of may and right now we got moved to the to the big room where gojira or ghost plays when they when they are in Very town cool. so a very very nice venue with very good PA, very good sound system, very good lights, very good accommodations. Uh, so yeah, awesome. Uh, but still, it's one it's a one thousand capacity room reduced to like one one hundred and ten, and seated. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, it's I get it. seated people at tables. So yeah, we're transforming it on our own to a to an exclusive event. We are. We have special bundles and uh, special treats for each and everybody. Each and everybody that bought the ticket. So we are trying to to make these people comfortable and uh, have this intimate show because it's the best we can do. We can we can't portray this as an as a normal show because it's not. Mm-mm. No, absolutely no. And, and even for you guys, it's going to be a strange yeah. experience. It'll still be exhilarating. Uh, which is something that I miss is that playing live, getting the 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 hairs on my arms standing <laughs> up, you know, 
tingle moments. That's that's the thing that misses. Luckily, I still do these interviews, and uh, right before I sit down, you know, I'm like, is the guy going to connect? Did I do enough research? Is it going to be an okay interview? That gives me that sort of feeling. How have you been feeling that void? Oh well, um, I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm. My optimism is hiding a bit of that. Um, I'm really looking forward to these shows, man. <laughs> I really hope they, they can happen. <laughs> Still, if they can't happen, I will not be the the bitch that goes to the internet uh, fucking up with the government because that's I don't think that's the right move. There's too much negativity out there. Yeah, even though I, I, I do not agree with the, a lot of the cultural financial support within this country, I think it's been a, a very corrupt move in a lot of fronts. It's for another conversation, but yeah, I, I think it's like that in, in uh, most countries. But still, we are leaving something that this, uh, this generation, this century never lived before. It's new to everybody. It's new to me, you, the political party r- r- ruling the country. So everybody's super f- fucking stressed out. So <laughs> I know it's hard. I know it's hard. And, and as a society... We need to know our rights. We need to fight for them. Our freedom needs to be the first thing uh, at all times. That's what we, we, we must fight for. But still, we, well, we, we, we have to believe it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something that it's real. And, and fortunately, we don't have too many skeptical people here in Portugal for, for, the, for the virus and all this pandemic. Uh, everybody's being... Well, quite uh, cooperative uh, with the max situation and, um, well, not gathering too many people and, uh, well, being supportive of, of these regulations. Um, well, but still, we, 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 wanna, we, we want shows back, we want uh, museums back, we want some, some, uh, ma- um, some people want support sports back, they want to, to watch their sports live. Uh, and I, I'm not a sports guy, but I do understand that because it's it must be the same thing that people feel for concerts. Mm-hmm. That's a part of our culture. Yeah, it's it's that ad- adrenaline that we are uh, being away from. So, well, f- let's do our best. And I don't think being um, a horrible person on the internet complaining about everything will will help. So, well, let's let's try uh, the best way we can to have this fucking virus out. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> One last question. If you could, and if you can, and you will, uh, what would be the perfect launch for Limbo Tour? What would the lineup be? What bands would be there where you think that you could portray Limbo in its best justice to the perfect crowd by, by you know, scooping up a bunch of uh, fans of bigger bands? Oh, um... Well, if we wouldn't have this pandemic, we would be we on the twenty fourth. We would be at uh, Gotham um, performing the album, and we would be on this whole week festival experience, not sleeping and just playing the album live. So, not having that, I think we are in very good terms with the tour that we have coming up in January because we're playing with two of the most successful and most. Um, friendly and uh nice bands around in our genre with with harakiri and and shamash so i'm good with that 
I'm very good with that. When we are, we are very looking forward to this tour happening in January or just being delayed to a fucking year or something. This will fucking happen. If, if it depends on us, it will happen. And that lineup is, is it rips, man. It's, uh, it's, it's, in, it's an incredible lineup. And we are very grateful to be to be part of that. That sounds great. Absolutely. Uh, everyone, please go check out Limbo. It came out via Seasons of Mist last July on July 24th. It is out there on all streaming. Go pick it up. Uh, check uh, the, the web store. Pick up a vinyl. Pick up some merch. Uh, support Garia. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to sit down with me, talk about life, metal, while I drank a craft beer and you had yeah. some coffee. <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers, man. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Such a great chat. Uh, You never know what you're going to get when you set up an interview with a fully anonymous masked band. You don't know who that person is and you don't know what kind of a person that's going to be. But I was very lucky that the member that I got to speak to was an absolutely great human. We had an excellent chat. And I am an even bigger Garia fan now than I was when I started the interview. So that's always, always a pleasure. And I love it. You should absolutely go check out Limbo, their new record, which came out via Season of Mist. It is a rager of an album, and it will be on many people's year-end lists. I can guarantee that. I hope that you guys have a great weekend. I hope you guys get to relax a little bit. I myself am feeling a little bit overwhelmed and round down, but with rest shall come greater resurgence, and I am stoked about that. Looking forward to kick back. Enjoy a few craft beers. Hypothetically, go hit up my favorite craft beer store here in Villeray, Montreal, La Canette, and uh, pick up a few brews so that I can just uh, relax a little bit. Don't forget that Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I will be back with you next week with two episodes, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.